Hey everybody, what's happening? This is Kent Chevalier, author of False Jesus. So glad that you decided to join me today for this episode titled False Religion. Man, this is such an important topic to me, so I'm excited to dig in with you. So I'll do that piece of the, the newsletter podcast, but then as always, I want to make sure that I include a piece that's a little bit creative for those of you who, like me, you love to write, you love to be creative, you have that out outlet, but then I also want to invite you to be a part of something with me at the end of today's episode, so make sure that you stay for that piece because there is something exciting that is happening in the city of Pittsburgh that I want you to be a part of with me. So without further ado, everybody, we are going to get right into this episode titled False Religion. I was on the sidelines at practice a while back having a conversation with the player in between periods when he said to me, I'm not really into religion. My parents are super religious, but it's just not my thing. I responded, I'm not into religion either. And he tilted his head, furrowed his brow, and he shot me this perplexed look. He could not understand how a team chaplain was not a fan of religion. In my line of work as a chaplain in the National Football League, I try to explain that Christianity was never intended to be a religion, but a missional movement of reconciling people back into a right relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ. I try my best to convey that Jesus was not the founder of some new religion that popped up 2,000 plus years ago. However, Jesus is the centerpiece of God's redemption plan for all mankind. Christianity, yes, is considered a world religion, but it is not a religion. Christianity is a part of a bigger storyline of God's desire to redeem and be reconciled to humanity. Religion versus Christianity. So what is religion? To simplify this for my brain, I'll put it this way. Any world religion teaches that you and I must do something to reach God or be accepted by God. So we purify ourselves. We pray in a certain way. We, we don't eat certain foods. We achieve enlightenment. We make sure that our good deeds outweigh our bad. When we do these things and more, we'll be good with God. On the other hand, Christianity alone teaches that Jesus has already done everything for you and me to reach God and be accepted by God. The reality is there is nothing that we can do that will make God love us more. There's nothing that we can do that will make God love us less. God loves us, period. And he wants a relationship with us, so much so that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to bridge the eternal sin-filled chasm between us and God. See, when Jesus cried out, it is finished on the cross, which is recorded in John 19.30, he accomplished what we never could to restore us into a right relationship with God once again. Religion says we must do. Jesus said it's already done. Of course, there's way more to it. 
but this is the starting point and a massive difference between all world religions and God's movement, which is now called Christianity. To understand this, we have to know how we fit into God's story. His story, history, is recorded and preserved in the Bible. The sacred pages of Scripture reveal to us from the beginning why Jesus had to do what he did on the cross. And if you don't know this history, then Christianity will simply remain nothing more than a religion. Everything Jesus did finds its way back to mankind's beginning. Genesis 1.27 states this, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God looked upon Adam and Eve and crowned them as father and mother of all mankind and encouraged them to steward all that he had made and told them to multiply. God gave them complete dominion over all creation. You get this sense that God was very pleased with all of his creations. Genesis 1.31 says, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Then, just like any other loving father would, God put a boundary in place to protect his kids. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, this is all yours to steward to work the land, name the animals, get after it, and find joy in that work. But the Lord God also commanded the man, saying this, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Genesis 2, 16-17 See, Adam and Eve, they had complete freedom within a loving and protective boundary. And then the enemy of their souls and ours slid up to them and whispered the world's first recorded false version of the truth. He said, did God actually say that you should not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was right there with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened. Genesis 3, 1-7 The perversion of perfection the eternal chasm of divine connection between God and humanity, the ruining of relational trust between God and all mankind. It was the dawn of death, choosing selfish desire over selfless dependence on a loving creator. Adam and Eve severed humanity's intimacy with God, and by doing so, sin and death entered the entire world. I don't have to convince you that evil, sin, death, and brokenness exist in this world. Just check your news feed. Look back at the last month in the United States alone. 
The sin of racism was on full display with the mass shooting in a Buffalo, New York supermarket. Another awful tragedy took five lives at a Tulsa hospital. Evil reared its ugly head with a Texas school massacre. Precious children lost their lives for no other reason than the brokenness, evil, and sinfulness of humanity. I've heard so many times in the last few years that something has to change. Something's got to give. Something has to break. We fully recognize that something is broken in this world, but we need to know something else is broken. God's heart is broken. Over these kind of awful tragedies ever since sin entered this world, his heart was broken over Adam and Eve's decision, which is still impacting the nature of mankind today. Ever since the day that they chose to sever the relationship with God, God has desired to be back in a right relationship with every human being. And every human being has been in search of that soul-satisfying intimacy with God. But there is a massive problem. Even if we wanted to make our way back to God, we can't. The chasm is uncrossable. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That word all in the original language of the Bible means all, everyone, you and me, completely inclusive, all of humanity. And this means that you and I cannot do anything to get back into a right relationship with God. We cannot earn our way back to God with good deeds. We can't pay money to secure a spot on God's side. We cannot attend enough chapels or church services to get in good with God because we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not successful enough to bridge that eternal separation between us and God. We are dead in our sinfulness. Enter Jesus. John records an intimate conversation between Jesus and a guy named Nicodemus about religion. Nicodemus was a religious leader known as a Pharisee. And in that little chat, Jesus revealed a massive claim about who he was, recorded in John 3. Jesus said, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. See, John goes on to write what may be the most well-known verse in all of the world. He writes this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. See, God recognized the eternal chasm. Humanity's connection to God and eternal life with him have been severed by sin. And God loved each of us too much to let that continue. So he made a way where there seemed to be no way. He sent Jesus. 
He sent his one and only son to die the death that we all deserved in exchange for his eternal life. 1 Peter 3.18 says this, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. Romans 5, 6-8 says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, friends, here's the point that I'm trying to make. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a rescue mission. Christianity is a God-initiated reconciliation movement, reconciling the walking spiritually dead back to eternal life with God, restoring those who believe in Jesus back into a right relationship with him, reconnecting us to God in whose image we were originally created. Blaise Pascal is quoted as saying this, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. Friends, let's be honest. All of us try to quench the thirst for eternal life with the temporary and fading things that this sin-filled and broken world has to offer. Money, pleasure, success, relationships, vacations, experiences, you name it. What Pascal was saying is that we can try it all, but nothing will satisfy the soul's search except for a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior. The bottom line is this. God wants a relationship with all of us. And he went to the greatest length to secure it. You and I don't deserve it. We cannot earn it. But he did it for us anyway. And that is not religious. That's all about relationship. That is Christianity. Before you go, I need you to know something about me. I have made it my life's mission to partner with Jesus in this reconciliation movement. Now, I don't do it perfectly, but I long to see every person I cross paths with come into a relationship with God through believing in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and following Him throughout their whole lives. My sincere hope with this podcast is that you would consider placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ today. At the same time, I fully recognize that pastors like me and other Christians have participated in skewing the true Jesus from your eyes and your ears. That's why I always say, don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Read the Bible for yourself, and I hope that you'll also recognize that this isn't about a religious effort to earn our way back to God. No. This is all about God wanting a relationship with you. And if you think that I could help you in any way along this journey, please 
reach out to me on the False Jesus page or at teamchevalier.com. Until next time, God bless. Now, before I read this poem, there's something that you need to know. I wrote it in December 2020, which was a couple weeks after my brother died from COVID. He got COVID, and 10 days later, he was gone. And I was left an absolute mess. I could hardly do anything. The grief was completely overwhelming. And so that background will help you make sense of what this poem is all about. Losing My Religion by Kent Chevalier. Today I had several decisions that needed to be made. From very simple to rather complex they ranged. From returning almost every email to opening every sympathy card. From showering and shaving to researching therapists, which is hard. This all feels like a big accomplishment, I must say. But there's another big decision I continued to make today. And it has to do with my relationship with God. I took another step forward in losing my religion to be loved like a child. Religion tells me that I have to do certain things to earn God's favor when a relationship with God allows me to just be held by my Savior. I don't have to perform or go through certain religious rituals. I don't have to repeat certain words to Him in a prayer vigil. I can just show up as the mess I am and acknowledge His presence. Falling into His comfort is the most welcomed present. Opening up to Him and closing my mouth and falling apart, He takes me as I am. And this is yet another start of a new chapter in our up and down relationship. It's not Him, it's me who always causes this boat to tip. He's always steady, and I'm always ready to wander, prone to leave the one who always leaves me in wonder. There's nothing I can do to make God love me more or less. So again today, I'm losing my religion simply to rest in my relationship with God and handing Him this grief, knowing He expects nothing of me right now, brings me great relief. As we conclude this episode of False Jesus, I want to invite you to be a part of something with tens of thousands of people on Sunday, July 10th at Heinz Field for an incredible free event called Pittsburgh Praise. This is simply an event to gather with people from across the Pittsburgh region and beyond to come together and pray to see the region of Pittsburgh reconciled and united in Christ, to give thanks for answering prayers in trying times, to strengthen our relationships with one another as members of the body of Christ. There are three powerful goals of this event. Number one, live worship. Churches from across the Pittsburgh region will unite to provide an incredible worship experience that day. Number two, prayer, to give thanks to God for bringing us through the pandemic and strengthening our relationships with one another as members of the body of Christ. And then third, unity 
gathering various churches and Christian organizations, we're going to see our city reconciled and united in Christ. If you want more information, visit pittsburghpraise.com. There you can register yourself or your entire group or church today. I hope that you can come to Pittsburgh Praise. I want to thank you for joining me today on the False Jesus Podcast. Man, if you thought this episode was good, i love if you would share it out with your family and friends. Share it out on social media. Let people know that they can subscribe to the newsletter at falsejesus.substack.com or they can listen to it on the podcast at Apple or Spotify. Have a great day, everybody. God bless. Until next time.